0: it's good to be in God's house this morning. I want to thank the Lord for His goodness, for His grace, and we're excited. I hope you come expecting something from the Lord this morning. I really hope that you come needing something. I know this much about myself. I came needing something. Yep. And, uh, and I can promise you from the pastor, from the pulpit to the back row, uh, if I know humankind, it's that every single one of us needs something from the Lord this morning. So we're going to look to Him and Brother Terry's going to come around and sing a song, lead us in a congregational. After that, ushers, I want to ask you to come up here, get ready to take up the offering. And then Brother Jack's going to come up here to the podium, pray over the offering. And then we're going to go from there. Brother Terry, you come on, and sing us a congregational. And sing
1: to the
0: Lord. All right, let's all stand on page 235. <laughs> Be free. Whom the Son hath made free, ye are free indeed. Not just free, but you're freer than you've ever been in your life. Thank God. Goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. Brother Jackie, come on. Ushers, want you all to come on up. Prepare to take up the offering. Thank the Lord for His goodness, His mercy. Again, the Lord is good. And we want to take this opportunity to give back to Him and give to the Lord. And for God's glory thank the Lord again for his mercy. We're going to continue on. Let me say this before we take up the offering. A couple of announcements. Our brother Mike's going to come at the end of service and give us all of our announcements. But uh, keep in mind, next Sunday night, now next Sunday night is ordination night. And uh, and I, I've been getting called pastor, and I am. And uh, and I am. I'm honored to be that. We had a great Sunday last Sunday, didn't we? Amen. The Lord, Lord is so good to us. to us. We're thrilled to be here and see what the Lord's doing. But Sunday night, next Sunday night, at Crossroads Baptist Church in Lawrenceville, Georgia, we're going to be heading down the road for ordination. We're going to move our entire service from Murrayville Baptist Church to Crossroads Baptist Church, which is my sending church, where my pastor, Brother Kenny Kikendall, will uh, begin ordination service. And the presbytery is going to be called. Now, I don't know about you. The old-timers used to call it the presbytery. Okay. now uh, I, where I come from, that's what I thought it was. It was the presbytery. I didn't know when I saw it spelled that maybe it might have been said a different way. But the presbytery is going to be called at 430, the ordaining body, uh, Brother Terry, Brother Mike. And uh, they'll, they'll need to be there early for that and uh, ordain members of the church. Um, however, at 5 o'clock, that's when it's going to start. So the bus is going to leave here at what time? That's going to take 45 minutes to get down there. It's all right so we're going to leave here at four o'clock. And in the words of Brother Terry, if you're here at 401 you're going to get left. <laughs> if you're here at five seconds after four o'clock you're going to get left. Now so four o'clock we're going to be uh, uh, take the bus is going to be heading down that direction and uh, if you want to ride along, come on. We are ready for that. And let me say this real quick as well. Again, I'm going to make a couple announcements. Brother, uh, Brother Chris Kitchens, next Sunday, I had him on my heart all this past week, and he's a preacher friend of mine that none of you know that I've been looking forward to inter- introducing to the church. I'll I- I tell you what, folks, I'm, I'm excited about introducing some good men of God that I know to the church here. We're excited about that. Brother Chris Kitchens is one of the best preachers in the country, in my opinion. And next Sunday morning, he's going to be with us. And then he's also going to be part of the ordaining body that'll be at the church on Sunday night at Crossroads. Uh, Long story short, he'll be there. And one more announcement, all right? Now, I want you to all be here Sunday night of the 19th, all right? Now, that's Thanksgiving week. We're not going to be having services on that Wednesday night unless there's something going on that we need to gather for. We will handle that. But the 19th, Sunday night, this is all, I hadn't even talked to anybody about this. This is what we're doing. Sunday night, the 19th, Brother Andrew and Sister Mary Beth Jones is going to be with us. They're going to be at Crossroads, my ascending church, where we'll be at. I'm not going to confuse you. Andrew and Mary Beth Jones, a wonderful singing group from up in South Carolina. Uh, dear, precious people. They just honor Christ. They honor the Lord. They're going to be with us on the night of the 19th of this month. Next Sunday night, Ordination Sunday. Brother Jack, you come on over here. Now what, we're ge- now, what we're here to do is we're here to worship the Lord. We're here to lift up Christ. We're here to encourage the saints. We're here to see what God will do and glorify Him this morning. So, in light of that, Brother Jack, you come on. Prayer for the offering. We'll take up offering. Then, Brother Terry, you come. Thank you, Brother. Dear Father, Lord, I praise you. I pray that you bless this offering lord and you use it as as you see fit lord And i pray this morning that you show up in an almighty way lord i pray that you touch our hearts and that will open our hearts and listen lord i pray lord that you be with brother jay he stands and brings the word this morning lord i pray for someone here lost this morning lord yes. to accept you as their savior in jesus holy precious
1: name amen, amen.
0: congregation on them, we'll do the choir. Page 269. Amen. Bless Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Yeah. If you're visiting the Murrayville Baptist Church, we're glad to have you this morning. I want to thank you for coming. I want to make sure, church, get around to all of our visitors and shake their hands. Tell them you're glad that they're at the Murrayville Baptist Church today. More honored to be Aren't you glad to be in church this morning? Thank you.
1: Here and again, I want to extend a
0: welcome invitation to our visitor church. We've got about this much space here left and a little bit right there on the second row and some right here. And uh, then we're going to be pulling out some chairs, but that'll be all right too, won't it? Amen. Aren't you grateful to see a packed house of the Lord? Something exciting going on down at the Lord's house. And it's good to be here this morning. That exciting thing isn't you and is it, it, it isn't me, it's him. And I'm grateful for what he's doing at Maryville, aren't you? Thank the Lord. Thank you so much for being here, and we hope that you're welcome. And we thank the Lord for what we've already known in this place and what the Lord is doing. Let me make one more mention before we move on. We'll have a few members joining on the 19th. And a few, I'll say a few. And if you're considering joining at Maryville Baptist Church, uh, I want you to come to us, and we'd love to talk to you. And, uh, and maybe you can join up with us, too, on the 19th. Us. We've got a several here and we'll make mention of that later. Thank the Lord. So I appreciate what the Lord's doing here. Appreciate the grace of God. Don't you appreciate that good choir singing and special singing this morning? Bless my heart. I want to tell you something. We had a good choir growing up where I was raised at in church and Dad always made a lot of it. We went out and sang a lot at surrounding churches and just, a, just a, uh, we had a lot of volume. And uh I appreciate that choir, but I want to tell you something. I ain't never been as proud of any choir as this choir we got up, we had up here behind us this morning. Blessing my heart, choir, don't you? Even with the men coming up a little weak this morning. <clears throat> well, we're outnumbered. And I encourage you if you visit and you see the plot we're in. Uh we need you up here. Amen. And uh and the men that are here at Murrayville, we need you too. they <laughs> that right, Brother Terry? Thank the Lord. You see Brother Terry about that and we're grateful for our choir. Matthew chapter number 14. Matthew chapter number 14. We're going to read a few verses from this text. I'm amazed and have been amazed at um, how what the Lord's been laying on Brother Terry's heart, seeing what the choir has seemed to line up just right with where we're at in the text and where we're studying. We don't plan that. We don't organize that. We don't orchestrate that. But I've learned something about the Holy Spirit. If you'll let him lead a service, he knows how to get the job done. I'm not a good moderator, but the Lord can conduct a service. And I hope for just a few moments you'll let the Lord speak to you from his word. I I told Charlie last night, and I don't get disturbed about this or worried about this, but I did tell her last night, sweetheart, I could preach for the next two months and never get to the bottom of this text. So we're not going to preach for two months, we're not going to preach for two hours, and we hope not to get above, much above 20 minutes this morning, but I'm excited about this text, I'm excited about the Word of God, and I pray that you will pray for us as we open up the book, and I pray that God would open your eyes to His Word. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and heard His words. So here for just a few moments, if you would, I wonder, would you sit and hear his words this morning? Matthew chapter 14, 20 and 22. Verse 22 of Matthew chapter number 14 is where we'll begin our reading. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, Me, come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, And caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. I want to preach with the Lord's help for just a few moments on this subject, seeing who Jesus really is, seeing who Jesus really is. Father, we're grateful. We're grateful for this place and these dear people. We want to thank you for your word, for your truth. We want to thank you for how it speaks and what it speaks and what it says. Thank you, Father, that you are the living word. Father, I pray that you would break the bread of life to the hearers this morning. Oh God, I pray that you would guide our hearts in the text. I pray that we would see Christ. Father, I pray that the Spirit of God would give the aid that only the Spirit can give. I can't direct hearts and thoughts and minds and ears and attention. Father, I pray that you would get our attention for just a few moments. Hide us behind the shadow of the cross. Help us to lose sight of ourselves and look unto you and see who you really are. Father, I pray that you would help us, lead us and guide us. Lord, I pray if there be one here that doesn't know you, that you would show them their need of you. Draw them with cords of love to your precious side. Save them, Lord. I pray for the saint that is struggling this morning, that you would encourage that heart. Lord, you know the needs that are prevalent in this building. And those that are listening by way of the live stream, Father, I pray for them as well. God, those that are here on the applications we have and the the messages that we have that will remain, God, you know the needs. You're an all-knowing, omnipotent God. Lord, and I ask that you would direct our hearts, help us to see Christ for a few moments in your word. Calm our hearts, still our minds. Keep us from distractions this morning. Help us to see you. And whatsoever you do, we'll be sure to give you the praise. God, help us to be sure to give you the honor. And above all, Father, that that you desire from us, help us to give you the glory. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen and amen. Matthew 42. Verses 22 through 33, it's a familiar text to you. And even though a lot of times in familiarity we are capable of looking at a text and sometimes seeing exactly what's going on, it's almost impossible to get a hold of everything that is happening in Matthew 42, 22 through 33 that we've just read. Without being utterly lost, of some things surrounding this text that we must understand. <clears throat> on the outset, it's just another time that Jesus told his disciples to get on a boat. It's just another time that Jesus, uh, the storm rolled up. It's just another time that he spoke peace. Yes, we know all that, Brother Jay, but I want you to see what's happening. The disciples here in this text have been following Christ. And Christ had by this point amassed a huge following. The Jews had no idea what to do with Jesus. And of course in this text there were thousands, thousands, thousands that were looking to him. I'm fairly confident that there's not a church uh, that In this country that could house the amount of people that were following Christ up to this point. His name had been noised abroad. His popularity had gained momentum. And at the peak and height of his so-called uh, earthly ministry, we see them follow him here. Christ had amassed this huge following. He had healed the sick. He had given sight to the blind. He had given hearing to those that were deaf. And caused the mute to speak. I mean, people were coming from every direction. He had, uh, the excitement was everywhere. You could see it on everybody's face. What are you doing? Well, I'm following Jesus. What are you doing? Well, I'm following the Nazarene. The one that that is healing all those. The one that has this power. And in this text, by the time we do get to verse number 22, he had just fed upwards of some estimates of 25,000 people. I'm talking about, get a hold of that for a minute. 25,000 people. The Lord Jesus Had possibly had just fed. And not just fed a few bites. Now we ate really good last night. And I ate until I was full. That's how full they were. The Bible said he had fed them until they were full. The consensus at this point about Christ Jesus. Was that he was a great man. Sent from God. A prophet. A teacher, let me say this, the Muslims still believe that. The Jews will say that he was a good teacher, he was a, a rabbi. The Muslims will say he was a good man. Gandhi would say that his parables were exquisite. But this morning the Lord is interested in getting us to verse number 33. And they that were in the ship came and worshipped him saying of a truth. Thou art the Son of God. This morning, that's where God is interested in getting you. Not that He's just a supplement to your life. Or a good part of your life. Or the best part of your life. But that you can see Him as the only part of your life. The very Son of God. Jesus Christ. And let me remind you. In the entirety of Christ's ministry, the disciples had never said that about the Lord Jesus until the verse I just read in your hearing. Matter of fact, when we read another account of Jesus walking on the water, they said, what manner of man is this? Didn't even know how to classify him. But on their way to verse number 33... Let's notice a few things. Again, I will never preach the entirety of this message, but we'll do our best to get as far as we can. Now let's notice the disciples' disappointment. If you're still with me, say amen. Do you mean, Brother Jay, that the storm that we've read about this morning disappointed the disciples? No. That was a disappointment. But I mean that they had just went from being celebrities to rowing in a boat. Do you see the picture? You have thousands on top of thousands that are bringing their sick to Jesus. And he has compassion on them. And heals their sick and sees that they are hungry in a desert place. And he says, take of this bread and feed all of them in the twelve. Distribute these loaves and fishes. And they just keep coming. This miracle. This amazing, incredible, unbelieving, awe-inspiring miracle. And his disciples are the one distributing the bread. The popularity of Christ in there is sidekicks. There is cronies, so to speak. But they they are pleased. They are pleased to be the servants of Christ. Well, this, this man, yeah, I, I, I'm Peter. I'm Peter. I'm a disciple of the Lord. And matter of fact, I'm, I'm the one that the Lord said, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it." I, yeah, I'm, I'm the one that'll go with him all the way. They're excited about being celebrities and the good things that Jesus are doing. The Bible tells us about this same text after Jesus fed the multitudes before the disciples got in the boat in John chapter number 6 and verse 14 and 15. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet which had come into the world when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king. He departed again into a mountain himself along and sent his disciples on the boat these people were about to come and take jesus the son of god and make him an earthly king and the disciples were in agreement with that they said buddy it's we've got twenty-five thousand people here it's time for us to march on jerusalem take herod kill him knock him off get pilate out of the way and then we'll turn our attention to rome and take care of caesar it's time for us to get this thing set up Lord Jesus, the one who healed the sick, the one who raised the dead, the one who preached unbelievable messages, the Sermon on the Mount, the one who confounded the Pharisees, the one that the sky opened and God spake. In their mind, Jesus is about to dethrone the kings of the world and make them his right-hand guys. Jesus looks at him and says, Hey, I want you to get in the boat. I want you to get in the boat and go to the other side in verse number 22. And not only that to add insult to injury to their already disappointed and disgruntled hearts, but he's going to send the multitude away. Well, that's not our mindset, is it? Oh, no. But Jesus understood. Listen, it's much like He had already faced this temptation in the wilderness with Satan. When it, when Satan looked at Jesus as He was tempted in the wilderness and said, "I'll give you the kingdoms of the whole world," and Jesus said, "Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. Thou shalt live not. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God." You see, the disciples have their eyes set on a position and on comfort, but Jesus had his eyes set on the cross. No, oh, get in the boat. They said, man, we could storm the Capitol with this crowd and popularity that we've got. We can take over the Senate. We can take over politics. We can take over Washington, D.C. You listening? Jesus said get in the boat go to the other side how many times church have you had a plan for your life and Jesus said no get in the boat how many times have you wanted to go in one certain direction but God this this word that Christ Constrain them to get the boat. That's what the Bible says in verse number 22. And straightway Jesus constrained His disciples to get into a ship. That means that He forced them onto this boat. Jesus constrained. How many times have you wanted to go in one certain direction, but God forced you down another path? One of disappointment, one of hardship, and one of solitude. And on top of all this, the wind is blowing. They see the storm coming. They see the water and the the trial that they're about to go go through. The sky is dark. The sun is not gleaming. Uh, Jesus sends the multitude away. He puts them in a rickety old boat and he goes to pray. He ain't even on the ship. They're disappointed but my dear friend this morning please hear my words we do not see Christ's cross until we are left in the night of conviction we can never understand the sweetness of divine comfort if we have never had sorrow we can never hear him speak peace without rolling waves notice their disappointment but notice their direction well that's a pretty easy point verse number 24 but the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves they didn't have one they didn't have they were just trying to stay alive I've been there had not you just trying to Stay alive seems like in every direction that I look in my life at times in my life just trying to keep my head above water. They have their directive, go to the other side. They were sure of a solid voyage, but now they can't even keep their head and keep their body dry and keep their arms from being sore from the rowing. How about us? Church? you seem to be going down a path in a direction in your life and it was as good as you could do just to get here this morning just to keep your head above water with all the issues that life is throwing your way now they didn't know which direction they were heading they didn't understand which way they were on but there was one that knew exactly what direction he was heading in. Notice with me in verse number 25. The Bible said it in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Do you see it? In the fourth watch of the night, that means that it was pitch black dark. But Jesus went unto them. He knew exactly what He would do. I want to tell you today, church, there's never been a time when He didn't know exactly which direction He was taking. It was not time it was dark it was windy it was wavy but in the fourth watch of the night honey Jesus didn't need a flashlight brother he is the light and he headed their direction hallelujah in John 8 and 12 then spake Jesus again to them saying I am the light of the world he me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life hallelujah he knew where they were and he knows where you're at this morning oh yes he didn't need a GPS tracker The Bible said, Jesus went unto them. Hallelujah. I'm about to have a fit up here this morning. He'll cross mountains. He'll cross valleys. He'll cross the sea. Sweetheart, he crossed the universe to get to me and you. Whew. I'm going to preach this a lot better, and you're amen in it this morning. Hallelujah, this morning. He knows where you're at, and He's never lost you. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, He's never lost one. There's never been one of His children that's ever been lost. Hallelujah. John 17, 11 and 12. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to Thee, Holy Father. Keep through Thy own name those whom Thou hast given me, and they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in Thy name. Those that Thou gavest me, I have kept and none of them is lost. Hallelujah. He will not lose you this morning. Whoo, hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, notice their disappointment notice their direction they didn't have one but he did now notice their anxiety in verse number 26 and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were troubled saying it is a spirit and they cried out for fear they were troubled and on top of all their disappointment on top of their messed up direction on top of the fact that they had all this popular crowd in the sunshine and they were eating good and now Jesus has sent all them away, sent the multitudes away, put the disciples in a boat and he's left them and went to pray. Now they got to deal with a spook, with a phantom, with some kind of ghost, some kind of fear. Just another thing to be afraid of. How many of you going about your life and in the midst of a storm, in the midst of the battle, just say, well, it's just another thing for me to be afraid of. They're afraid. Have you ever been afraid? They're crying out. Have you ever cried out? But brother, the one walking on the waves that they didn't understand who he was had just came from the throne room. Jesus Christ, And let me remind you of something. Jesus Christ prayed for them, but He prayed for you and I, dear beloved. And this morning, as you and I sat in this building, He is praying for us right now. He is the great intercessor that sits at the right hand of the throne of God. He prays for you and I. Hallelujah. Oh, so many times I could not pray. So many times I felt like the heavens were brass. But thank God, beloved, He gets all His prayers answered. Hallelujah. Bless the name. Of the Lord Jesus Christ He's praying for them He's prayed for them What'd he do to that one that was on the boat Peter, he said Peter Satan hath desired that he may Satan hath desired you That he may sift you as wheat But I have prayed For thee That thy faith felt not And when thou art comforted Strengthen the brethren hallelujah to the name of god i'll be like my friend brother stacy lane said he was in a congregation and he said some of y'all are wondering if i could if i can preach and uh, he said i'm wondering this morning if y'all could handle it if i did for a minute <laughs> hey man he's praying for you the spirit itself in Romans 8 and 26 helpeth our infirmities for we know not for to pray for what we ought but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered the Spirit is intercession for us Jesus said to the right hand of the throne, he's praying for you this morning. You're not alone. You say, Brother Jay, you don't understand my situation. No, I don't. But we have not an high priest which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all parts tempted like as we are. He knows what you're feeling because he's felt it before. You say, I feel a long way from God. He cried, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You say, I feel dirty this morning. He took upon himself the sins of the world. You say, I'm lonely, Brother Jay. Never a man was as alone as this man. You say I'm sick, brother Jay. Never man, never a man had felt the physical excruciation as what Christ felt. He knows what you're feeling. He knows where you're at. Hallelujah. Let me all look at each other, saying, "Boy, he's spitting and slobbering this morning." That's about all the juice I've got left. They were troubled, they're crying, thinking no one hears. Hallelujah, their anxiety. Notice the declaration of Christ, I've got to hurry. He said, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. How many English teachers we got in here this morning? Raise your hand. We got any that knows English? Maybe you minored in school at it? Not a one, thank God. I can say whatever I want to say. That's good English right there. Be of good cheer, it is high. Be not afraid. Well, if there were any English teachers in here, and let me go ahead and say I'm not one, but if there were some English teachers, there's two semicolons there. Be of good cheer, verse 27 of Matthew 14. It is I. be not afraid. The semicolon. Now, how many of y'all believe that this precious book is inspired? If you got a copy of the Word of God, I want you to raise it up in the air right now. You've got Him this morning. The Word of Life. Thank God. Thank you so much. How many of y'all believe that's inspired by the Holy Spirit of God? I believe down to the jot and the tittle, to the punctuation, buddy, it's inspired. Semicolon. It's to indicate a pause, typically between a main clause. It is more pronounced than a comma. The semicolon is used to link statements. Well, he said, be of good cheer. What have they got to be of good cheer about? Buddy, they they just lost their popularity. They just lost their food. The bread's soggy and wet in the boat. They have just been stranded and left alone. Be of good cheer. What are you talking about? And he said, be not afraid. How could they not be afraid? They're about to die. They're about to lose their life. You want to know why? We can be of good cheer this morning. Do you know want to know why that we don't have to be afraid? It is because it is ah. Jesus Christ is the reason that we can be of good cheer. The great I am still is. He didn't say, "Hey, it's me, boys. That's not what he said. He said, it is I. Implying the great I am. It's me. This term is used for sacred deity. This is the same term that when Moses asked, the Lord said, who shall I tell them that sent me? God said, you tell them that I am, that I am sent you. And that same I am that spoke the worlds into existence was the same I am that walked on these waves to the disciples. And it's the same I am that's in this building this morning, that sits with you, that communes with you, that loves you, that gives all for you the same I am. Still is in this place. I'm about to pass out this morning. Thank God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. He told Abraham, I am thy shield. I am the Lord. I am the almighty God. Hallelujah. I was in existence before there was even a vapor. Jesus always was and before there was anything he stepped out on nothing and spoke everything that was not and made it something. That same Jesus, it is I. So now when you see him a good cheer be not afraid hey you don't understand it's him church it's him all right one more thing and I'm done we're gonna have to finish this up later seeing who Jesus is Peter said let me hurry through this because I feel like we need to get to get get to this point Peter said Lord if it's you Bid me to come to you on the water. What did Jesus say? Come. That's his invitation to you this morning. Come. Notice that that is always the invitation of Christ. Come. You say, brother Jay, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm saved, but I'm discouraged. Come. You say, Brother Jay, I'm saved, but I'm distant from God. Come. You say, Brother Jay, I used to be a churchgoer, but I got to give out with those bunch of folks. We're all the same, back on the boat, scared, don't know which way we're heading or which direction we're going, but come. Come. Peter walks on the very thing that had robbed them from their joy. He walks on top. It didn't change the fact the wind was blowing. Now, listen to me, church. Don't confuse this message with a prosperity gospel this morning. Because you've got Christ doesn't mean the wind's going to stop blowing, but it does mean you can walk on top of the water. He steps out on his troubles. Notice his gaze. What have I been preaching on the past few weeks? One thing. He steps out. And his eyes are focused on the great I am. He can't even look to his left and his right because he can't believe that God is walking on top of his problem. Walks on the water. But what happened? But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, The Lord, save me. What happened? Huh? What happened? He took his eyes off. Of Jesus the storms raging all around heartaches are ripping. it don't take long to get discouraged looking to your left and looking to your right in this world we're living in we got folks sick in the church folk hurting folk watching by way of live stream that wish they could be here we can get our eyes discouraged we can just break down this morning and say lord i know the winds are raging i know the storm is blowing but i'm gonna look to you because when you take your eyes off jesus you're gonna start sinking sister megan i'll ask you if you would to come to piano please When we take our gaze off of Christ, we will go down. Now let me say this. God just didn't want them to get to the place where Christ was a good man or a good prophet. No, he wanted them to get to verse number 33. When Peter walked out, started sinking, took his eyes off Christ, he cried out to the Lord saying, Lord, save me. The Lord immediately, that means there was no time delayed. No time delay, Brother Marty, on God's timing, between the time he cried and the time that Christ rescued. No delay. Immediately. No wasted space. They had seen the multitudes. They had seen the bread. That should have been enough to say this man is the Son of God. But it wasn't you've seen good things transpire in your life but I'm going to tell you if if you're going to go deep with God maybe He's opted to take you through a side of the storm, well the multitudes just came from the one side where Jesus had sent them away and they tried to come around and get him on the other side they were back for some breakfast really back for some breakfast they said give us this bread give us some more bread, you fed us yesterday we're starved today on this side of the lake was loving all the popularity, all the goodness, all the blessings, all the stuff. All the trivial stuff. And I'm not saying it's not trivial stuff. I want to thank God for every good blessing God's given me. It's not trivial stuff. I thank God for the roof over my head, the shoes on my feet, the clothes on my back. And as far as I know, if, if somebody in here was hungry and didn't have any food, I believe we could get together enough funds, Brother Terry, to be able to feed every, everybody in this church. And I thank God for the goodness of God. But on this side, the disciples were concerned about the popularity and the stuff. On this side, they had seen Him for who He truly is, the Son of God that loved them and cared for them and rescued them and that had stepped out on top of their troubles and dominated over that. Those those multitudes came around from the backside they came to them looking for breakfast. Here's what happened. They said, give us this bread. Jesus said, if you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you'll have no part to do with me. They didn't like that. They did not like that. Jesus' popularity is at a pinnacle on one side of the boat, on the other side of the boat. The scripture tells us, and many of his disciples departed from him and walked with him no more when he told them, You got to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. You got to have all of me, not just the good snacks you get. Don't walk with me just for the blessings that I pour in your life. Walk with me because I am the Son of God. God the Son because I love you. Love me back. Listen to this. Now I'm done. Peter looked around. The disciples were still sitting around. This is just right after this text I read The disciples were sitting around. You can read this in John. All those people the Lord had just fed. The Lord were keeping alive. All of those people that Jesus was keeping the blood pumping through their hearts as they sat there and talked to them. Jesus was keeping their thoughts from not, their brains from not unraveling. The skin proteins held together by the power of his mind. I'll tell you something. Jesus upholds it all. He upholds you today. He's the reason you're breathing in and out. It's Jesus. He he upholds all things by the word of his power. He said, looked at his disciples and said, Shall you also? Shall you also go away? Peter just got done walking on top of the water with him. And he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? For thou has the words of eternal life and we are sure that you are the son of the living God oh my to whom shall where are you going to go this morning where are you going to go going to try to run back to Netflix and Amazon Prime and Go tune into another football game that you've the same one you've watched six million times? It turns out the same one team wins, one team loses. Most of the time the team that wins is Alabama. Service was over right there, wasn't it? going to go back to your job for peace that you're so frustrated with that you don't even know which way's up and down. You're going to walk back to the health problems that are facing you at home. Try to look for satisfaction and something or this, that, the other. You're going to try to to rest your mind and your heart in the company of friends in good times. You're going to go back down to the bar. You're going to go back and get another six pack. And drown your eyes and drown your sorrows and draws as you care to whom shall we go for thou hast the words of eternal life Jesus is the answer the I am I wonder if you'd step out this morning and come I wonder that sister Megan plays softly single one of us to stand in this building. Brother Terry, do you know that song? Do you know my Jesus? Brother Terry's going to come and sing. If God's dealt with your heart, would you come? These altars are always open if you need to do business with God. Again, I say it all the time. If you don't need to do anything more than just to come down and say thank you God and go back to your seat but if God's dealt with your heart this morning you respond to him sinner hear me please come you say there's no way brother Jay the waves are too high in my life he'll let you walk on the water come to him I tell you what (laughs) you may have to walk this way by yourself but when you walk back to your seat you'll walk with him on top of the water. (laughs) Oh when I made my way to that altar brother Terry I walked alone by myself but when I walked back to my pew he walked with me. Child of God come do business with the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, sing to us, Brother Terry. You come if you need to do business with the Lord.